So about five years ago, there was a, a lot of question about what the, the future of some of this land in the valley was. Um, it's, I think, surprised a lot of people to see that there were still over 40 acres of vacant land right here in the heart of the valley, um, despite all the development that had been occurring around it. Still, a lot of land was sitting vacant, and most of it was riverfront land. Um, and there's a, a reason why riverfront land in the heart of the city sits vacant. It's some really complicated property. Um, and what that vision would for that land was really undetermined. Um, we've seen a, hundreds of acres in the valley developed, um, you know, building on the manufacturing uh, heart and history of the valley, and then adding some of three of the largest tourist destinations in the region with Potawatomi, the Harley-Davidson Museum, and Miller Park. Um, a great trail system with the Hank Aaron State Trail and Three Bridges Park. We've seen more active recreation. And so it really raised some questions of what the future of this uh, remaining land was, which direction it would go. So we spent a few years, and I know that many people in the room were part of that process with scores of one-on-one -on -one meetings, focus groups, conversations um, with property owners, brokers, neighbors, commercial districts near the valley to really determine what it is. And through a planning process with the city, we really came up with a way to play to the strengths of the valley, building on the waterfront, building on the, the acreage that we have down here, on the availability of food grade steam, on the, the growth of food and beverage manufacturing in the region, um, the skill set of the surrounding neighborhoods. So we had a vision for what this land could become, um, but it's still, it's still hard to conceptualize what it could look like. And I think by going through the charrette process, we've really been able to to show the potential of the land that makes it much easier for uh, businesses or developers to, to see the, the possibilities that this land holds. And uh, the six architecture firms who took part in the charrette, I just want to commend for doing an amazing job of really showing the uh, how strong design can really work to connect people to, to jobs, to connect the valley to the rest of the community, to connect the community to, to nature and the river down in the valley and people to each other by really activating the waterfront. So in these designs, we think we, we see the types of buildings that could house over um, 800 new jobs if we use the rest of the valley as a, as a benchmark um, for job density. Um, to activate the riverfront and really make it an active um, recreational river um, and really keep building on everything that's happened in the valley in the last 20 years. So we're really excited to share the, the results of the charrette with you all today. So now I'd like to um, thank Carolyn Eswine from um, CDS and her team who did a really fantastic, um, inspiring job facilitating the charrette process. Um, and I know that um, many of you have, who have seen the charrettes that CBS has done over the years have seen a number of those projects come to fruition. So we're excited to think that some of these uh, things that we're going to see today will actually be, um, be built in the next few years. So thank you, Corey. And again, I'm Carolyn Eswine. I'm with Community Design Solutions. We're at the School of Architecture and Urban Planning at UWM. And I'm excited because this was our 10th charrette. And as Corey mentioned, we've had a lot of impact throughout the city. Uh, Welford Sanders Lofts, that's the old MK um, Enterprise Center, that was vacant or underutilized. Uh, we're going to see a grand opening for the Garfield School, again, a vacant MPS building that is now an amenity for the neighborhood. It's housing a community center. Uh, we have several other projects that have been implemented. We have retail in the Brown Deer Corridor, 
uh, that's converting to other uses and we have a restaurant opening up on National Avenue and Layton Boulevard area. So we're excited. I would say that the difference is most of our charrettes have been very challenged urban corridors, mixed use corridors. Uh, for the Valley, we said, well, wait a minute, this is a little different uh, venue to talk about. Uh, there's a lot of momentum. And so what we wanted to talk about was continuing the progress that was here, but also I always say if the sites were easy, we wouldn't be there. You wouldn't need our, our process to go through. Uh, so they're very challenged. Uh, the site issues are challenging. Uh, you, you know people have looked at the sites but have moved on uh, because of that challenge. And so what I'm going to do is go through a little background, and I know most of you really just want to see the outcomes, but for those who were not at the charrette, uh, there's a whole process that happens before we bring everybody together at our school. We're building on a lot of history. We know there's been value here. We know the transformation that is already occurring. Uh, and so we look at a lot of the past studies. So we are not starting from scratch. We are looking at market studies, uh, comprehensive plans, the 2.0 plan. And the focus here was always very clear. It was on jobs. It was on entertainment. It was bringing people here, the connections, placemaking. I had several questions. What about housing? You will not see any housing in any of these proposals. There are other areas uh, surrounding the value that are appropriate for housing. This is a focus on bringing in uh, commercial and, and jobs. So we took a step back. We wanted to understand, you know, what are the Valley facts? So uh, you have a total investment right now of $1 billion. That's a huge number. You'll see a map shortly that is, is scattered throughout. Uh, we have 10 million visitors annually, 45 acres of native landscape. Uh, if you don't work here, if you don't live adjacent, I'm one of those. I come here. I, I use the trails. Uh, so there's a lot of people that come to the Valley. How do we capture uh, them as tourists, as uh, visitors, spending some money here? Um, we have 47 companies that have moved to the valley, seven miles of trails, and 5,200 jobs have been created. So again, we are building on that momentum. There are a lot of different businesses. I'm not expecting you to read this map, but I want you to see all the different colors. Uh, we have food and beverage, we have breweries, we have entertainment, offices, retail, industry, manufacturing, and community centers. So we have a lot of diversity, but a lot of reasons to bring people here every day uh, as well as, as visitors. Uh, lots of employers. So we have uh, the larger the circle, the larger the number of employees, but we have entertainment. So uh, colors are a little maybe hard to see on the screen today, but you'll see those uh, in the final report. Uh, we have commercial and professional services. We have lots of, a couple of the firms that participated in this process have their offices right here in the valley. Uh, and then a lot of them are the industrial and the manufacturing. Uh, so again, uh, jobs in, in the, the valley. And as I mentioned, trails and parks. There's a lot of reason to come here, even if you don't work here. And these create connections and opportunities. Uh, and it's really a celebration of the past effort of transforming uh, the valley. Uh, and this is just highlighting those visitors that I talked about. So you have 10 million visitors. You have 3 million coming to Miller Park. You have 6 million annually coming right here uh, to Potawatomi. Uh, and then we have other venues, such as the Harley Complex. We have uh, the domes and, again, the trail systems, bringing people in to to the area and then finally area investment so we want to add a few more circles so the goal is when we come back here in let's say three to five years there are a few more circles uh, so the larger one obviously is where we are today at Potawatomi but there are a lot of circles here showing a lot of investment ranging from a hundred thousand the smaller blue circles uh, to 25 to 100 million plus so we want to build on that uh, momentum 
And so the process was working with Corey and her staff and Department of City Development identifying uh, the six sites that we were going to move forward. And then after we identified the sites, we have a series of focus groups. So we talk with uh, Menominee Valley partners themselves. We talk with business leaders, property owners, uh, investors, developers, trying to understand uh, what the concerns are. My job is to balance that big vision with the market. Uh, I'm always pushing back on, well, that's a great idea, but who's going to operate that? Who's going to manage that? How does that work? And um, we want to have it sustainable. So you'll see a big list here, and this is what influenced the actual day where we brought everybody together. So there will be six sites I'm going to move you through. We're going to start on the St. Paul corridor, and then we're going to wrap around and come back uh, to 25th Street. So the first site is a St. Paul Avenue corridor. This was Quorum Architects' assignment. And again, the process, uh, uh, community design solutions on my staff are, are students at the School of Architecture and Urban Planning. But for this process, we bring in local architects who understand the market, understand the sites. Uh, many of them have done this with me several times. Uh, and then they work with us throughout that day and a uh, couple weeks afterwards. Uh, one issue that was raised in every focus group was, you know, that's not a really great gateway into the valley, St. Paul. Uh, there is some momentum at the eastern end, but how do we transform this area? How do we create destinations? We have a couple businesses already that are transforming, but how do we build on that? Uh, we are about three acres of, of area that we are looking at, but we have lots of opportunities for redevelopment, underutilized buildings, uh, older buildings that could have uh, facade enhancements as well as some public space elements. And so we wanted to focus on streetscaping and lighting, the gallery showroom identity, placemaking at 25th as you come into the area from the highway. And then the 16th Street stairs, you can see uh, we, we could not get a photo here where they were not working. Um, so they were always continually working on the stairs, but is that inviting? Is that a place where you'd say, I want to uh, come down from the viaduct? So how might we transform that? And then the, the DOT uh, parcel, we'll talk about that. What is a temporary use on that parcel? And so they took a look at this and focused again, streetscaping, greening it up, creating some places uh, of destination, and then the gallery focus. Uh, and if you haven't been to one of the charrettes, it's really a full day of interactive, back and forth working, sketching, ideas, uh, discussing, very, very exciting. Uh, and so their proposal you'll see will start at the uh, western end as a gateway. We move into some touch points at 16th Street, and then we move under the Marquette Interchange, and we have that as a place as well. And in between, there's streetscaping, and in between, there are showcase elements for uh, gallery options. Uh, they brought several different precedent images. You're going to see a dog park as our, one of our gateway elements. Uh, destination, uh, and then signage that would introduce you as you came into the valley from different points uh, of introduction. Uh, so I'm not going to show all of the, the streetscape bands. This one's a little hard to read at a, a smaller scale, but looking at where you can include uh, streetscape elements such as landscaping and lighting. The other thing we heard is don't take away our parking. Parking is really valuable for those business who are on St. Paul, and so we weren't uh, sort of narrowing the street. We have a lot of truck traffic here as well to accommodate. So in this case, it was actually just adding to the right-of-way area. Uh, this is where you enter off of 25th Street. So you come off the highway, you have that DOT facility, 
Uh, and they looked at creating a dog park, again, building on uh, some of the other amenities in the neighborhood, and a skate park. So you have behind there, you have the indoor uh, bike and uh, skate park. So this could be an outdoor one. It could be active. You could bring uh, food trucks here. So it'd be destination for all the people working in the valley. So lots of different, more placemaking elements here, as well as the signage as you come in from the west. Uh, and then again, a couple other placemaking. I'm going to show you an element here. You can see a, a red circle. Uh, that would be uh, an element to bring you down from the 16th Street instead of that stairs. It would be accessible and it would be a ramp that brings you down and there would be several retail and gallery elements and uses right there along St. Paul. And this is their rendering. Uh, wouldn't that be exciting, but also very visual. So that becomes an iconic image. You're going to see this red theme uh, in one of their later drawings. And so you can, you'd still have the stairs, but this would be a ramp that would bring you down to the, uh, to the Valley Street. And then as we move further east under the Marquette Interchange, uh, we're going to touch another site here, but they looked at this winding path that would make it more of a place. It would be an interesting element. It would create uh, opportunity, but it's also very visual. And so it winds through the, uh, the viaduct area. So moving on to site two, this is the one that we could see when the shades were up. Uh, Zimmerman Architects worked on this one. Actually, it's right next to their, uh, their home. Uh, this one is very large as well, 12 and a half acres. It's very linear. Uh, we had, don't have any street connections, so we're going to be looking about connecting to Mount Vernon. Uh, we have river access here. Uh, so we have to look at how do you layer this. We cannot connect to St. Paul from this site because of the railroad tracks. So the railroad tracks are creating that division. So really this is all uh, an east-west uh, connection. Here's another visual. You can see the valley fields. Again, there's uh, opportunity to do some layering and then connections from uh, where their current office is. The street would connect through there. Uh, and you can see at the top end where 16th Street Viaduct is, you actually would connect under there all the way over to um, the, the next bridge access. So our ideas here were, again, improvements for the river walk, street access for Mount Vernon, office or light manufacturing. Food and beverage was a, a theme that you're going to hear throughout this process. You heard it from Corey, uh, building on sort of the other attractions and food and beverage entities that are already uh, in the valley. And so they looked at this as a series of opportunities for buildings. I'm going to move you through from the west over to the east. Uh, the West is going to be uh, actually food and beverage where you could grow and sell and then have a retail component. Uh, the middle buildings have office in the front with laboratory or manufacturing on, on the back half with the northern half. And then the far east is a building that actually touches the 16th Street Viaduct and brings you down. They envisioned it as academic, but it could be office, it could be daycare, it could be a variety of, of uses. So this one is fairly dense. They fill the site, but again, it has a great connection with the Riverwalk and a series of layers. And so this is the view, food production, retail, Riverwalk. This is that first building on the west. Wouldn't that be great, right? You can see the food production. It has jobs for the valley, but also retail destination, bringing people into the, uh, to the area. And then this is their vision for the other, the larger buildings in the central portion. They would have the office and the laboratory, light industrial, and a continuous river walk. Uh, and each of these, there's a street connection uh, to the north as well. So you'll have more of the public street along the river and the service street on the north side of the buildings. 
And then this is their vision for, again, I'm standing on the 16th Street Viaduct, looking down to the river, looking at this new development, and this would be a building. So you could actually drive right off of the bridge into a parking structure and it takes you down all the way to the, to the valley as well. So again, very exciting, very dense, but very visionary for what's possible, uh, bringing more uh, employment. So now we're moving down a little bit further to the east. This is the Pettit Point. Uh, this is the site that HGA looked at. It's the Neyland properties, and we are at uh, just under 15 acres for this site, but you can tell it's very divided by the Marquette interchange, and you can imagine with all of the regulations these days, uh, we can't build under the, the highway, but we can use it as a public space for stormwater management, for parking. And so this site divides itself fairly well. Here's another view. You can see they're, they're going to divide this for jobs focus. Again, Mount Vernon is our access point. We have some challenges uh, getting in and out of these sites. Again, if they were easy, they'd be developed already. So those are some of the areas that the city was looking at creating a better access point. Uh, what's exciting about this, I want to just point out, the, the river widens a little bit at this point, so it offers opportunity to bring in slips or boats or access points. So ideas for this were to focus again, river walk, we could have some boat slips, destination retail or entertainment, mixed use in the form of office or light industrial, perhaps entertainment right at the Pettit Point, very visible, and food and beverage with retail. So HJ looked at this and took a step back from an urban design perspective and said, how can we connect this site to a broader uh, framework within the city? And they proposed uh, the red line from the northern part of this site going underneath 6th Street, uh, using that large area of land behind the post office, all the way over to Plankington. And that would be a great connection you could connect to Plankington, which connects you to downtown, connects you to Walker's Point, would make an easy access to get into this site. And then they created a series of blocks for their redevelopment. So the bottom image here, you can see if we're focused in on their site, uh, the middle section over here, and this section here, you can see this is underneath the Marquette Interchange, the highway, uh, the pylons, this is for parking that serves those people working and visiting here. And these are going to be light manufacturing with a retail component in front. So you, you make it in the back and you sell it out front. Uh, they also have some very public elements. And then on Pettit Point, we're going to see uh, a very open food hall. It could be a retail component, have some entertainment. But everything that maybe is made here or in the valley could be sold here and brings in sort of a cultural aspect to the valley. So here's a, a bird's eye view. You can see the building we're going to focus in on has that retail component and then the jobs component with the green roof and then the street system comes through in front and then the north part of the buildings would be the service access. So some great opportunities here. I think this becomes very visual, iconic. It's visible from 6th Street. It's visible if I'm going to the Harley Museum. I've never been to this part of Milwaukee. Uh, there are other reasons then to stay here uh, and to visit the valley. Uh, I, I might work down here, come over here for lunch. Again, easy access would be great. So the, the bottom image shows how you do production in the back and then you would sell up front or you could do production up front as well. I think what's great is over the years through the charrette process, we like to make it very visible so people actually see what's being made or what they're producing. So that also I think is a, an opportunity to celebrate what's happening down here. And then they have, again, a continuous river walk path. 
and this is how they envision the space underneath the highway. Uh, light it up, create some artistic elements. You could have food trucks coming in. So in addition to the parking, the stormwater management, it becomes a very social element, uh, focal point, you know, vibrant with the lighting and the activities. So I can kayak down the river, come out, get something to eat. And then this is that Pettit Point. This is their vision for, they call it the urban farm. So it has a retail component. You might have workshops there, classes there. It's very visual. Um, it almost could be a room like this. So you're connected to the outside environment. So again, visual uh, opportunities that attract people to the valley. So now we are gonna move, we were just on site three. We're gonna move across the street here. So the south side of the river, uh, Engberg Anderson worked on this. This is the St. Mary's cement site. And we are just under five acres here. So we have a strong connection to the Harley Davidson Museum campus. And the actually, you can actually drive underneath 6th Street that connects to this site, as well as Canal Street will be the main access point. Uh, here's another visual showing all of the silos. And so through our, our research process, we understood as much concrete as you see above ground, there's that much concrete underground. So it's really not that feasible to remove the silos. So the approach was how do we, how do we utilize them, make them an amenity, make them signage, they're a gateway, and then incorporate that into the architecture. So uh, the silos will remain, everything else on this site is proposed to be cleared. So catalytic gateway element as you enter from the east, looking at retail, uh, we talked about light industrial, but this one will focus more on office and retail, uh, as well as a hotel element, uh, large public space opportunity, again, river walk and slips here. And so I'm going to go through this in a little more detail, but it was kind of fun to have the, the discussion about how do you reuse the silos. And so they did some research on precedents where uh, you would basically carve into the silos and utilize them. There's examples around the country. And so we're going to see hotel exhibit space, office, a dealership training that creates a connection to Harley, a vendor showcase opportunity, food and beverage, and we wanted to make sure there was additional parking. So Harley actually needs additional parking for their larger events, as well as all the parking that would be required for this particular site. So we're going to have the river uh, on the top of the drawing, a restaurant right on the river, we're going to look at a hotel into the uh, silos. So if we zoom in here a little bit uh, along Canal Street, so this would be related to the Harley-Davidson uh, oppor opportunities, I guess you could call it, vending or showroom. We're going to have E would be all of the different retail right on Canal Street. Uh, you're going to have a hotel back here. Uh, we do accommodate parking, and then they're going to show uh, a restaurant or some kind of bar brewery element that could be incorporated here. And then this will be the large public space that fronts along uh, the river. Uh, so I think there's a lot of opportunities here. So uh, visually, it would be another gateway element. As you come over 6th Street, you could see this actually uh, from many different areas as you approach. And so they wanted to utilize the silos as signage. Uh, this is a large element that's added to the silos. That would be the, the hotel. You have uh, what they call the engine cafe, but some kind of restaurant right on the Riverwalk. As well, as I mentioned, there's um, some office, Class A offices on Canal with the retail. 
I think it's a great way to also activate the river, right? There's this point where, you know, we want to bring people in. I know uh, Harley Davidson utilized some boat slips this summer. It was very, very, very well used and so brought people in uh, to this part of the valley. And this could, again, bring people further in. Here's another view. This is, again, down at the Riverwalk, looking at the public space with the, uh, the restaurant, a whole variety of elements to activate uh, the public spaces, but also activate the river walk. So stormwater management, we required every one of the groups to think about sustainable strategies. So from bioswales to rain gardens to green roofs. And so they incorporate that into their site as well. And then again, looking further into the site, that would be the hotel in the background. Uh, looking over the public space, you could have events here, you could have concerts here. It becomes a very active element. And then visually at night, I think it becomes very iconic. So it sort of balances with the, the visual element of the Sixth Street Bridge, which is very uh, iconic at night. This would again create an energy. You could see this from 94, Marquette Interchange, looking into the site to attract people uh, into the valley. Um, this could be last week, spring here in Wisconsin. So uh, they wanted to show how this would be used year-round. And so this shows uh, ice skating rink or other different ways to use it year-round. This isn't just a summer event. This is uh, utilized uh, year-round. So again, very visionary, but we, uh, through the precedents that they shared, know some of this is possible utilizing the silo element. So now we're going across the street. This is the We Energy site. So it actually wraps uh, the current We Energies facility. So essentially it looks like two sites, but the focus here would be to utilize the, the food grade steam uh, that is produced from We Energies and hopefully bring the cost down for those wanting to utilize that. This site is just over 24 acres, so you can imagine very large. So Corbin Associates looked at this and what was possible. Uh, we'll have a connection. Uh, because of the use of the river here and some of the businesses, we are not going to have a river walk, but we would have a, a river overlook for those businesses that would uh, locate here so their employees could actually uh, overlook the water during lunch or could, could utilize that area as an amenity. So focus here was, again, looking at that steam use for the facilities, food and beverage with retail. Again, they're a high use for that food grade steam, manufacturing, and the overlook. And so their proposal, again, was to locate several uh, large manufacturing processes. They looked at incorporating a brewery that would be visible from Canal Street. And then we have a, a bioswale and some stormwater management that connects the two underneath uh, the highway. Uh, so really could put in a lot of jobs here. Uh, larger footprints fit on this site. This is the site, again, that accommodates a large footprint. Uh, it goes deep into the site as well. And so this would be the vision along Canal Street. So as I'm coming off of 6th Street going west, this would be your vision. So you would see the brewery. That was their proposal here. You could have retail out front, retail in the back, along the south where you have views of the river. Uh, sort of a very iconic image that fits within the area and is visible uh, from the highway as well. And then this would be on the west side of the site, incorporating a manufacturing processing very large facility, but works really well here, has access to the train, the tracks, and, and transportation. And so our final site uh, is our smallest site, which is two and a half acres. 
so this is the facility where the, the parking checkers, the parking ambassadors, I'm told to call them now, uh, that's where they park their vehicles. So there's a small facility under the number six. MMSD has uh, some facilities there, and we touch the river. Uh, you'll see there are some challenges on this site. Uh, but I thought it was a great gateway as you come off of 25th. Uh, the building can be reused. The architects went in. So this is Eline Wilson, Ramla Stein looked at this. Uh, we do have some setback requirements, but we think those offer opportunities to create visual connections into the site. Uh, what I wanted to highlight here on the right, uh, our site is highlighted in yellow. And you can see we have opportunities for development, but everything around us is floodplain. Uh, so there's an opportunity to redevelop right there with the river walk and an outlook area, a food and beverage with retail. They looked at a bar and a restaurant, a visitor center as you come in. Uh, again, there's a lot of people coming in off of 25th Street. Uh, we have the traffic counts in the report throughout all these streets. Uh, and so this team envisioned utilizing the building. We first thought we'd be doing new construction on this site, so they actually said, no, you could utilize it. It's a great structure to work with and then add on to it with new construction. And you're going to see we utilize the rest of the site as more of an environmental connection to the existing trails that are already down here and very well used, uh, creating some docks for kayaks so I can kayak down the river, come in, go to the restaurant, uh, maybe buy something that was purchased or made here right in the valley. As their idea for that visitor center was, again, we have a lot of companies here in the valley producing food or producing products. They could be sold there. So that would be sort of this gateway element as you come into the valley. So this is their vision, reusing the building, doing a small addition, having the access off the north, off the river, uh, an iconic image. Uh, we talked a lot about, again, how these sites are visible from 94. You have hundreds of thousands of cars uh, every day going past that site. And then you could have access off of 25th as well as access off of Canal. And they showed how all the different ways you could reuse this facility. It could be one large tenant. It could be multi-tenants. So it breaks up very well and offers an opportunity and again a lot of glazing but utilizing the structure that was there. They envision this as glowing at night, right? Sort of a beacon as you enter this point of the valley. And then showing again how you'd access the river. So another amenity for uh, the entire valley and the entire community around here having an outdoor patio with uh, the proposed uses. So a lot of opportunity. A lot of progress already made, but I think continuing this progress, uh, these projects show a lot of opportunity and excitement. Uh, more reasons for us to be here, but also more reasons for people to work here, to shop here, uh, to visit the valley. So I'm excited, and I always say this is the point where we pass the baton. Uh, Corey and her staff, the city and their staff, this is their point to move these projects forward. We're always excited to come back and report uh, what's happened. Uh, but we think at this point, setting that momentum ha has been a success. You talk about town-gown relationship, the incredible ongoing relationship that we have with the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee, which is you know a flagship university here within the state of Wisconsin, but it's our UW. And you, this is another example of how we work collaboratively, in this case with the School of Architecture and Urban Planning, and specifically with CDS. And Carolyn says these are students, but they're more than students. They're aspiring architects and planners. Uh, they, they get involved. They, 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 it really gets their juices flowing, their creative juices flowing when they can work on real life projects that impact the city that they hopefully will live in because we keep more and more of our graduates, particularly from UWM. 
And, and that's a great thing. And we're keeping more of the Marquette folks and more of the MSOE folks and more of the Alverno folks and more of the Stritch folks and more of the Mount Mary folks. And I left somebody out, so I don't want to offend anybody, but whoever I left out, we're keeping more of those folks as well. We are reversing the brain drain. And part of the reason is people want to live in a dynamic city. Uh, Mayor Barrett would say, if, if he were speaking this morning, that the one constant about cities is that they change and they evolve. Now, some cities change for the worse. Milwaukee has changed for the better. Uh, we're one of the few northern tier industrial cities that can actually look at a place that we're in this morning, the Menominee Valley. Most cities would have walked away from this like the plague. Only the city of Milwaukee would have purchased the former Milwaukee Road Shop site. Only the city of Milwaukee would have purchased the Tower Automotive site and countless other sites. And why did we do it? Because we had partners. Partners such as the Menominee Valley Partners. And Corey and, and her staff do a great job. Bruce Keyes is here. Other members uh, of the Menominee Valley Partners are here. There's people from the Business Association here. All of the work that's been described is building on what happened going back to 1999 when the first plan was actually the third plan. The first two valley plans didn't quite work out. So we all got together and did the third plan. And the sewage district actually was a major funder of that. The city was as well. And that laid the foundation for what we have today. And we've got players such as Wistad and Marquette and Potawatomi and Harley-Davidson and all the folks that you know are in the valley, they actually are at this on a weekly basis, on a daily basis for the businesses that they run. And certainly we come together as a group every, every month and, and talk about where we're going next. And this gives us a lot to work on moving forward. But these plans aren't just plans. You know, a lot of people put them out they, and they look at it, it's pretty pictures, you have a presentation, you move on. Carolyn indicated already a number of what have come, a number of the projects that have come out of the charrette have actually been built. And uh, Garfield School was mentioned already. The piece that wasn't mentioned is America's Black Holocaust Museum. On Juneteenth Day, June 19th, we're going to reopen America's Black Holocaust Museum on North Avenue. That's a significant day for this city. And a lot of the ideas about that came out of the Garfield School, which the, the GRIO was in addition to, uh, Charette along Bronzeville, as well as uh, a significant development of the old Sears building at Fond du Lac and North Avenue. We now have uh, Kaylin Haywood has purchased that. We're backing that financially, and that's going to come out of the ground based on what came out of the charrette. So when we look at the valley, and we look at these very, very, very ambitious, and they are ambitious, and I want to thank all of the architectural teams. We have the principles of most of these firms. That shows you how committed they are and their belief that they can have success in the valley. And the reason they believe that is the reason we all believe it, because we've demonstrated it. We took what was one of the largest contiguous brownfields in the state of Wisconsin and turned it into a national success story of environmentalism, of progressive government working with the private sector, because other than people like myself, the government doesn't create a single job. The private sector creates jobs. And the private sector has created thousands of jobs here in the Valley. And these sites give an opportunity for many, many hundreds of more, as well as other uses. So when you look at the site that has not been developed, as Carolyn said, if it was easy, yeah, it would have been done. And all of these sites have their challenges. But the biggest single strength that they have is that they're in the Menominee Valley. And that means something to developments, to development community right now. If you had said this in 1999 when we were looking at the shop site, most people thought we'd lost our mind, literally lost our mind. Why is the city throwing away that kind of money, tax money that could be used for other purposes? 
And then when we finally got the environmental remediation completed and we had the Menominee Valley plan and we started working towards what would come out of the ground, most of the development community was still unconvinced. In the brokerage community in particular, they said, you know what, maybe some truck terminals, maybe a few things. You proved that the land's clean, but nothing else is going to work there. The city working with MVP, we held our ground. And our first main tenant, major tenant in the Menominee Valley Industrial Center, of course, was Palermo's. And the Faluca family knew the proximity to the workforce. They knew the proximity to the transportation networks. And they invested. And now they've been, they're employing over 600 people. Add to that people like the Falk Corporation, a division of Rexnord, been in the valley over 100 years. So you have the juxtaposition of the old, folks that stayed and kept up with their industry, and you have new industries moving in that are cutting edge industries, like Ingatine that came all the way from Spain, uh, from marketing efforts for the Milwaukee 7. So this is, uh, this is a regional, a state, and a national showcase for what you can do with brownfields, what you can do with creativity, with density, and using the value of what is already here. When we have a city, we have sewer, we have water, we have all of the streets, we have the larger highway network, we have the educational institutions, and we have the workforce. You can't easily recreate that in a cornfield in the suburbs. It all comes with significant cost. So recycling land in the city is the smart investment. It always has been, but for pretty much a generation, maybe more, we turned our back on our biggest asset as a nation. We're leading now with this development and others throughout the city of Milwaukee, showing the rest of the United States how you get good quality development done that allows the private sector to have the confidence to invest and to, in effect, bring other people to the table. Bill Haberman's here, and he represents a foundation that, that has donated significant amounts of money and his own time to the Menominee Valley Partners. They raised $22 million, the partners with the Urban Ecology Center, on what used to be a rail line. Now, if you can get the private sector to invest about $25 million to build Three Bridges Park, completely with private money, no public dollars at all, that is the litmus test for success. When the private sector understands that putting its money in a place has value and magnifies an existing investment, it shows the confidence that people have. And that's the beauty of what we have today. Not only what surrounds us, and we're going to go up to the top of the hotel, and our hosts here, the Potawatomi, have been not only gracious hosts and incredible participants in this whole process, they're the original stewards of this valley. This was their mother earth. This was an area that essentially was despoiled. They have helped to bring it back. And we are so proud that we're here today in a beautiful building that they created that adds a lot of value and represents thousands of jobs to the city of Milwaukee. So it's all of us working together. That's how we build and rebuild our city. That's how we're making Milwaukee stronger. And that's how ultimately when these projects that you see here today are built out and the 30th Street Corridor is built out and the incredible opportunities that are extending out to the downtown right now through Milwaukee United into the surrounding neighborhoods, people will look back and say that was the turning point for this great American city. And people will say with a lot of respect, some with envy, but certainly most wondering if they could do it there, how Milwaukee became the, the renaissance city of the 21st century. So let's go upstairs and take a look at what that city looks like in progress. <laughs> 